now on this Invest Talk podcast. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Jay from California. I'm calling to ask about Medtronic, ticker MDT. Justin Klein responds to your questions. So I like Medtronics. If you look long term, their profitability is consistent, steady. Invest Talk. Over 29 million downloads and counting. Let's head over to Virginia and talk with Jeffrey. He's looking at OGE, which is OGE Energy Corp. This is a utility company. You looking to buy it or do you own it? Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial, independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, February 22nd, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. I appreciate you all tuning in this hour, and I'm going to do my best to make this informative and instructive for you based on your questions mainly, right? I have focus points and things that I can discuss, but ultimately I'm here to answer your questions and address anything that's on your mind. And I'm going to do this all with my mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. And that is our assurance that when we report about the market, when we explain different processes and, and, and theories about uh, investing, when I'm just giving a broad educational segment, or I'm commenting on a particular stock. I will present all this without bias. I'm just here to give you the facts that are in front of me, and I have a lot of systems and data in front of me that will help me, and does help me. And I am going to give you the facts as I see them. Could be wrong about the eventual outcome, but in this day and age, it's even more important to understand your investments in context to not just the data, which would be quantitative analysis, but also qualitative analysis. And that's what I'm here to help with as well. And that comes a lot with experience, understanding the ebbs and flows and dynamics of markets and asset classes. And hopefully you can incorporate some of this into your investment process. And this should not be your only investment process. Just listening to the show. It should be one of your resources. And hopefully all together as you gather enough knowledge, you can make an informed decision about your money. Now, I'm Justin Klein. And of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. You get to shape the show to your liking. In fact, you can call right now and interact with me on our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or you can leave a question anytime on our Invest Talk Voice Bank. That number, once again, never changes. Either way, live or after hours, 888 chart So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hi, Stephen, Justin. I'm calling in on a question for a stock CRSP, CRISPR Therapeutics. I um, wanted to get your opinion on the stock and whether this is something that would be good for possible short-term or long-term hold. 
I'll be listening to your podcast for your thoughts. Thank you. Oh, this is CRISPR Therapeutics, and this is a biotech company. They do not make money. They're expected to lose more money this year than they did last year and more money next year than they're supposed to lose this year. They have very little of re- uh, in the way of revenue, and this is all about their technology of gene-based medicine. And basically what this does is it goes in and it cuts out parts of the genome and replaces it with new uh, DNA, right, or material, and supposed to bring about a lot of innovations in the space. Now, will that come to fruition? I'm not a researcher in that sense. So you would have to understand the technology and bet on it to succeed long-term because there's nothing about this company right now that you can you can bet on. There's no revenue to speak of really. $400,000 last quarter. And they're losing money. Massive amounts of negative cash flow. And this is the type of stock that's not going to do well with higher interest rates. Right? This stock was down 10 bucks today. Uh, let's see. That's down about 7% on the day. Yeah, 6.89. And it's down from high of $221. Now it's 138. That 221 was in January. Right? So this is going to be highly volatile. And as long as interest rates go up, and as long as these tech stocks, these growth stocks, these unprofitable story stocks, which is just the epitome of that, as long as they go down, this is going to go down. As long as interest rates go up and suddenly people have alternatives for income, alternatives for investment, right? They have opportunities in other areas besides just exciting stories, like real world stories, like commodities, industrials. Those are real world. And so, no, this is not a name I would buy. I would be avoiding these type of names. Now, longer term, at the right price, now it's market cap's ten billion. You know, maybe closer to a billion, I might be interested in it if I believe in the technology, but not now at these prices and in this economic backdrop. Now, I want you, now if, I know you want strategy to help deal with this type of market. I just spoke about the ebbs and flows of interest rates and growth stocks, tech stocks, biotech stocks in, in that case of CRISPR. And that's what I'm here to help you with. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So let's take a quick look at the market today. We had the S&P down about 30 points, a little less than 1%. You had the Russell, that was up for most of the day, closed down about half a percent, a little over that. The big news, though, was the NASDAQ, once again. Higher interest rates are bad for high multiple stocks, and the NASDAQ is filled with them. Down 341 points, about 2.5% on the NASDAQ. Rough day. right? The 10-year hit 1.37%. The 30-year hit 2.18%, up 4 basis points. 10-year was up 2.5 basis points. And we are edging closer to 
that one and a half range in the 10 year, which to me is the real danger zone, shall we say. Sorry to enter it. Doesn't mean you have to just to trigger anything, but you're starting to get there and you're starting to see those ramifications in the market. So, you know, this market has a lot of issues here. Not a lot of short interest anymore, right? The Wall Street bets of the world and have squeezed them out, the shorts. Like Andrew left, he quit, one of the most successful short sellers in the world. There's a lot of structure issues, right, with gamma hedging and indexing where people buy into stocks without any due diligence on the value or quality of the companies within the index. There's very little, very little cash on the sidelines of mutual funds and other types of investment funds. And so the bigger question is, when the market sells off, because of these higher rates, who's going to step in and buy it? That's my biggest worry. But there are pockets of the market that did well today. We did well. We did very well. If you go to Morningstar, it's always a good spot to kind of get broad information. You'll see there's, they have style boxes, right? Value, core, growth. The whole growth side was down 2.5-3%. The value side, small cap value is up 1.5%. Mid cap was up one2 mid cap value. Large cap value up 0.4%. So, in some sub subsets of the market, it was a great day. But in those exciting names, not so much. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We are now in the final trading week of February, and your goal of financial freedom will need unbiased guidance, and I'm ready to help now. And your participation is an important part of the mix. We're taking your calls live at 888 chart. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Let's head over to Virginia and talk with Jeffrey. He's looking at OGE, which is OGE Energy Corp. This is a utility company. Are you looking to buy it, or do you own it? Uh, hi, Justin. Thanks for all that you do. I've learned a lot listening to your show over the last year. Appreciate it. Um, I I've started building a, a, a small position in OGE. Um, I was wondering if I could get your take on uh, the risk of a dividend cut in this company. Um, I saw that they're uh, selling off their uh, midstream oil and gas section of the company, and I was worried whether they could sustain that dividend as a pure play electric utility. Well, I'd have to dig in a little deeper and understand the uh, the spread of that revenue between being an electric utility and that midstream business like you talked about. So it's obviously hard for me to do. I don't have that right in front of me. But It'd be very important because the cash dividend pay ratio right now is 148%, meaning they're not producing enough cash flow to really pay out that dividend. Now, 
certainly in the near term, that's been disrupted because of the pandemic and, and things like that. But if you go back to 2018, 2018, their free cash flow was about 378 million. But once again, how much is that of that is the midstream business? Um, overall, I don't think there's a, a major problem, mainly because they don't have a lot of debt uh, for a utility. They're, they have modest debt levels. Uh, and their cash flow overall is looks fairly steady. Once again, do you know the breakdown of that midstream business versus the utility business? Uh, no, I'd have to do some more research on it. Yeah, uh, that that's vital to this analysis. It, you know, what are they doing with that money? Are they expanding? Are they paying down debt? Uh, are they paying a special dividend? How much of their revenue comes from that and their profits come from that side of the business is is crucial. Now, they probably sold it off at a bad time, <laughs> right? As things are, are doing pretty well on that side. So you have to dig into that. If it's a small percentage, then I think you're, you're fine. If it's larger, then you really have to understand the, the underlying dynamics of that utility business. And that'll be a more steady business. I'll say that. So that's a good thing. It's not going to be quite as up and down as the oil markets. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My focus point today concerns a COVID fallout story. And it was a study by McKinsey, and it looks at how the U.S. workforce will be impacted by the pandemic and what, si what areas of the economy or the economy are going to do well or maybe not so well over the next decade. And the spark had been is this, uh, this pandemic. So we're going to talk about food service companies, customer sales, uh, the business travel markets, etc. And I'll dig into that story a little bit more. Also, we're going to touch on higher interest rates. What does that mean for asset prices more broadly? And then lastly, there's historic gains in some of these smaller names. The divergence between small cap and large cap companies over the past few months is the widest in more than two decades. Two decades. What happened two decades ago plus? This is very, seeing very reminiscent of March 2000. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. The calendar says 2021. We know there will be many changes ahead. So naturally, you will have finance and investment questions. And that's why I encourage you to reach out, give us a call at 888-99-CHART. Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the, the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Eight eight ninety nine chart 
888-992-4278. I encourage you to get your question in sooner rather than later. The show does go by fast. Now, my main focus point today looks at a study by McKinsey Research, and they looked at, or they surveyed 278 executives in August of last year. Now, clearly that's a little old, but there's a lot to be gleaned from this. They found on average, the executives planned a reduction of about 30% of their office space. Now, how will this impact workers? Now, first off, workers with out of college degree, minorities, women, young people will most likely be hardest hit. Americans without a degree are 1.3 times more likely to need more to make a transition compared to those with a college degree. And when I say transition, it means one in 10 are going to have to transition out of their current job by 2030. And this is all about the spark that the pandemic created when it comes to a job, right? Or, or, or the job dynamics. And about 20 to 25% of workers in advanced economies and about 10% in emerging markets, mainly in the computer-based work area, are likely to be able to work from home three to five days a week. And that's going to have a profound impact on the workplace and the demand for certain areas of the economy. They estimate that about 20% of business travel may not return because of video conferencing. I've talked about this before, right? With airline investments, investments in companies like Boeing that are going to be permanently impaired to some degree by the permanent shift to video conferencing for most business communication. Now, Jobs like warehousing and transportation, that's actually going to increase because of e-commerce. But jobs in the customer service space, food service, could fall by a total of 4.3 million jobs by the end of this decade. And the survey also said that out of 800 senior executives, they found that two-thirds were stepping up investment in automation and AI somewhat or significantly. So this is where you have to shift your investment focus. And that's why you need to not get caught in quote unquote value traps. I think you're even more susceptible to that in today's world. In a time when there are a lot of great opportunities in the market, there actually are some pretty good value opportunities. But a lot of them are in areas that are going to be permanently impaired. So you have to find and dig through the sectors that will at least maintain their pre-pandemic levels and likely grow over time with the economy. Now let's keep the flow going. Go straight back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier on 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin. This is Jay from California. I'm calling to ask about Medtronic, ticker MDT. I do have a small position in this. I got in around $90, and I'm looking to add. 
seems like it's a very solid company with uh, earnings per share slowly increasing every year. Revenue did dip a little bit after the pandemic, but I'm looking for this as a core holding. Wondering uh, what a good price point to add would be and uh, what you guys think of the overall company. Thanks. All right, looking at Medtronics. This is a medical device company. They develop and manufacture therapeutic medical medical devices for chronic disease, pacemakers, defibrillators, heart valves, stents, etc. It's about evenly split in foreign and domestic sales, 50-50, so I like that, that it's pretty globally diversified. And I like that they are more on the medical device side. That's an area that I like a lot more than pharmaceuticals. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on pharmaceutical prices, whereas medical devices, most of the procedure cost comes from the expertise of the doctor or nurse administering it. Not to say that the prices aren't high for their type of uh, products, but I think the ire of the government is going to be more towards those pharmaceutical companies. So I like if you're going to gain medical uh, exposure, healthcare exposure in your portfolio, I think this is one of the lower risk from a regulatory standpoint, subsectors of the healthcare space, right? Healthcare companies certainly have a lot of risk there as well as pharmaceuticals. So I like Medtronics. If you look long term, their profitability is consistent, steady, the cash flow is strong, and they're recently been buying back shares. I like that. So I like Medtronics. I get a thumbs up. Uh, you're not going to double your money in a couple of years, but it's going to be a solid, strong company over the long term. Now the next invest talk, this story. Could the S&P 500 trailing 12-month return be ready to soar? I'll get to that story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life 
that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Hi, Stephen Justin. As a young male in a long term committed relationship, I'm curious how. Marriage might affect our financial situation. My girlfriend and I would prefer to have a mortgage and stable jobs before getting married. But I'm curious how marriage affects one's tax situation. Thank you. Uh, great question. Well, the main thing is it affects your income tax bracket. So that's going to vary uh, depending on the tax environment uh, within your state and obviously on the federal level. Uh, and so combines your income into one, one income. Uh, and oftentimes that can push you into a combined lower tax bracket. Now you have to talk to a CPA and your own situation is your own situation. So you certainly have to uh, consider that. Uh, if you're talking about buying a house, you're, it sounds like your life's getting a little more complicated. I always suggest people talk to a CPA. Always. I know it's tantalizing to see TurboTax or a lot of these free online pieces of software that in a lot of cases are good. And for somebody who has a very basic life where you don't own a lot of, say, real estate, uh, you might just have a job and you know you contribute a few some money to your IRA or your 401k you don't have kids you you aren't married right your your life situation is very straightforward then those can be decent ways to to go and you don't have to pay the 3 4 500 dollars for someone to prepare your taxes but i found as your life gets more complicated and you're talking about marriage, a good CPA can certainly help you navigate and make better financial decisions and well worth the cost of paying them for their advice. 
So I'm not a CPA, but I do encourage you to find a good one in your area to work with and talk to them about the impacts of potentially marriage. Now let's head over to Atlanta. We're going to talk to LA in Atlanta and he's looking at HVBTF. Is this a cannabis stock? Actually, it is a blockchain mining stock. I've been okay. in the position since early January, around $2 a share, and now it's up to about 5 And I am wondering right now whether or not I should uh, continue purchasing some um, positions within Hive Bitcoin, or should I sell? And in addition to that, maybe, you know, your thoughts on the um, Bitcoin and blockchain mining industry. Well, I think there's going to be massive volatility over the long term. This is an area that I think is expressing the, the view maybe a little bit early of yield curve control coming from the Fed. Now, does that come at the next meeting or, you know, a meeting later this year? It's hard to know. But I do think that is coming. If you see a rollover in these tech stocks and interest rates moving higher, though, I could see a massive reversal in not just tech stocks, but Bitcoin, which is kind of the tech version of the current currencies, right? And I think longer term, we are going to move to a digital currency in some form. Will it be blockchain? Will it be Ethereum? Will it be a digital currency issued by the government? Will it be one that's not even created today? I don't know. But clearly we're headed towards something that's more decentralized. Governments, however, they like to maintain power. They like to have power and wield it. You see that with COVID, right? COVID is an excuse for governments to wield power. Now, could it go up more in the near term? Absolutely. Could. Right, just pulled back 10%, rebound a little bit. Um, I would just have a tight stop on it. I would be taking profits as you see surges. Right? Because this will easily reverse 20, 30, 40% in a week. So just have a tight stop and don't be afraid to take profits and right-size your position. Don't let it get away from you as too big a portion of your portfolio. Let's go to Gary in New Jersey looking at Intel. Uh, yeah, so I don't currently have a position in Intel, but I was looking at the space and, you know, uh, relative to some of the other um, uh, competitors like NVIDIA and, and AMD, and I thought it was just a good value, so to maybe to get your perspective on it and and have to look at, I guess, the moving averages and maybe determine a good entry point for that? Well, I think Intel is going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be a great value based on where it's at now, and you're right. Based on the current numbers, the value is pretty good. Based on the technology challenges, however, this could be a value trap. And what I mean by that, I've talked about this before on previous shows, but basically Intel has been the anomaly within the industry for a while now to where they have 
huge chip foundries. They make their own chips, right? Whereas AMD, NVIDIA, a lot of the other ones, they manufacture through companies like Taiwan Semiconductor, right? Where Taiwan Semiconductor just produces the chips. AMD, NVIDIA design it. Intel, on the other hand, designs and produces. The problem is, is that Intel's recent suite of next generation chips, they've had trouble manufacturing at scale. And that's a new thing for Intel. So if they can't, if they can no longer design and produce the chips, which is a great competitive advantage because they earn excess profits and margin because of that vertical integration, they, if they no longer have that advantage, suddenly they need to outsource their business, their production, to something like Taiwan Semiconductor. And that would greatly impact their profitability. And their value would be no longer something like $246 billion. It would probably be half that or more, you know, half that or less. And so, based on the numbers, yes, Intel is relatively cheap. But only cheap if they can overcome their challenges. Now, they just fired their CEO, and their CEO was their former CFO. And that's typically not a great hire, historically. CFOs are good at the finance side of things, but when you're a technology company, you need somebody who's good at operations, innovation, etc., to stay ahead of the ball game. And they've fallen behind. Now, will the new CF CEO be able to right the ship? Maybe. But it's still a big challenge to get that next generation of chips right, and they have to keep doing it, right? Come out with new chips every couple of years with new technology, and you need to execute. Historically, they've been able to. Recently, they have not. So it's your bet whether they're actually going to get back on the ship of innovation and actually executing on it, or are they going to have to outsource production? It's a big question on Intel. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888 how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's touch a little bit on bond yields and this is very important i cannot stress enough how important the direction of interest rates are it prices money this is what we're talking about right interest rates are the cost of money the cost of capital it is the most important Financial metric in markets. Real estate is priced on it. Stocks are priced on it. Other types of bonds are priced on the 10-year treasury rate. So it's not surprising that markets are starting to become a little unnerved and price in the collateral damage that higher borrowing costs for businesses could create. And not just higher borrowing costs for businesses, but alternative investment options for investors. 
this is an environment most people have not seen, especially in the last time you kind of saw this was 2018. And rates hit about 3% and the market sold off. Right? Mid, late 2018. Stock markets, I mean. And this is the history of fractional reserve banking, the Fed. When you're growing and growing the amount of debt in the system, you need lower and lower rates to sustain that system. And now we are at kind of the end of that rope. And the Fed is encouraging governments and treasury to borrow more and more money. And the big question is, when will the Fed step in for, with yield curve control? They will not let the system collapse. They will step in and stop it by capping rates. They did this in the 50s, 60s. They will do it again. The question is, what collateral damage will there be of that? Right? And mainly, it's going to be a weaker dollar. But weaker dollar means higher inflation, which is bad for the bond market, which means rates are going to be pressured to go up which means the Fed has to print more to monetize the debt to cap yields, which pushes the dollar down. You see the vicious cycle that the Fed is trying to avoid. But it's looking harder and harder by the day for the Fed to avoid that type of situation. That's why it's likely that commodities after decades of underperformance are going to start to outperform. Let's go back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from Seattle. Hi, this is Amanda from Seattle. Um, we're buying ORI for our dividend portfolio and wanted to see what you think. The company seems solid. It pays a good dividend. We're going to buy when it dips below 1850. Thanks, and let us know what you think. We'll catch you on the next podcast. All right, she's looking at Old Republic International. This is mid-cap company, $6.1 billion market cap, yields 4.2%. And I've said this before, that I like insurance companies in this environment. Out of all the financials, you know, banks are certainly going to do a little bit better with higher interest rates, but they have a lot of regulatory issues and, and uh, potential fallouts of mortgage moratoriums, etc. cetera, uh, you know, how much governments allow them to return capital shows, blah, 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 blah. There's just a lot of murkiness with banks. But with interest rates rising, it's not just banks in the financial sector that do well. It's also insurance companies. Remember, insurance companies, they take in premiums, and they invest those premiums. And typically, they're investing those premiums in bonds. Because they need more consistency than your average person. And if bond yields are going up, guess what? They get to earn more money on your premiums. So I like that. Now the question is, is Old Republic the type of name that you want to own longer term? Well, if you look at profitability, pretty good. Return equity over the past... 10 years or so, averaged in the low teens, solid. Not amazing, but solid. Pretty good balance sheet. What 
sec let's see let's see what uh, sector they're in there because there's a lot of subsectors of insurance they're in property and casualty business which I like um, you know I like this company I don't love it. it's not my favorite insurance company out there we actually own a couple for our managed accounts that are doing better than this but I like the business okay so if this is something you have your eye on I would go for it Let's grab another live question from Jim in Seattle. He's looking at HSBC. Yeah. Hi, Justin. Um, I'm wondering about HSBC stock. Um, I, I I know that the, the banks have been down, and uh, this one has a pretty juicy dividend coming up. Also, uh, I was not going to ask about Rio right now, but also... Uh, if you can comment on Rio Tinto, because um, I heard you talking about commodities, and uh, they also have a they have a four dollar dividend coming out, um, ex dividend coming in early March, and so I'd be curious uh, as to what, what you have to say about that too. Well, uh, I think I like Rio. Uh, definitely like it better. Its ex dividend is on the fourth of of March. And I like it. I'm not a big fan of HSBC. I think there's too many issues in Hong Kong, in uh, the regulatory environment, in Asia. And I just don't love the banks, to be honest with you. So if I'm picking one of the two, I'm definitely picking Rio Tinto. Now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here is to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. My name is Joel. I have a question. What do you think about uh, Tesla, Elon Musk, putting $1.5 billion into Bitcoin? In my question. Thanks. Uh, I think that it is, per Elon, a very shrewd move, right? His business still remains unprofitable and growth is slowing. And he needs to create a new narrative. And he sees other companies like MicroStrategy and, and others that are doing what he did, which is put their cash into Bitcoin or a portion of it. And this is a good narrative shift uh, for him. But if you look at the stock since then, it's actually been down. If you go today, I think it's close to 15, 20%. You know, the stock was down about 8% today. So. You know, Elon is the great, I think the greatest charlatan of our time. And he, being the showman that he is, the charlatan that he is, he knows how to build a story. And he sees this as an opportunity to build another story. That's all it is, in my mind. 
Now let's squeeze in another caller question at 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Dave from New Hampshire. I'm looking to add a foreign large value fund to my portfolio, and I was wondering what you thought of ticker symbol F, N is in Nancy, D, F. Uh, I'd be looking forward to hearing uh, you talk about your program, and uh, enjoy your show. Thanks. Bye. All right, this is the Schwab Fundamental International Large Company ETF, and expense ratio is fairly low. Yields about 2.2%. Let's look at the top holdings here. And that's a, that'll be a good glean into how the company is invested. Top holding is Samsung, only 2.25% of the portfolio, which is good in my mind. The fact that it's fairly, it's not concentrated in one particular company. Second is Toyota, then Royal Dutch Shell, BP, Total, Glencore. So a lot of energy, which is not a shock. Right, as you get into foreign markets, you'll see that a lot of them are actually natural resource companies. Right? And so if you look at the category average and what this fund, how its fund's weighting is, about 9% is in basic materials of the category. This is about 12. Categories 5% in energy, this is about 9.3. So those are two areas that it's certainly overweight. Well, where is it underweight? Well, financial services a bit from 20 to 18 and a half. And technology also a little bit underweight. So I like the way it's leaning. I like where it's overweight. I like the cost. And I like that you're looking at foreign markets in general. Because if the dollar continues to fall, those foreign revenues are going to be worth more. Just uh in general. So if you're not looking to do a lot of deep research and finding the great values that are out there in the foreign markets, which there are a lot, this is a good way to just gain access to the broad strategy. And it leans on value. There's not a lot of growth. It's really focused on the value side of the market, which I really like. So I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. That was the Schwab Fundamental International Large Cap Company ETF. FNDF is the symbol. Thanks for the call. Well, I think that about does it for this show. I appreciate you all tuning in and I encourage you to use this time in the market to de-risk your portfolio. Not de-risk completely. I'm not saying sell all your stocks, but understand where you're most vulnerable. Where, what type of companies are going to benefit from a higher inflationary world, a higher interest rate world, a weaker dollar world, and which ones are going to be hurt? It's going to be vital in this stretch, in this decade, really, to reassess your portfolio and fit it for this current market environment, which is very different than the last decade. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live stream broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Get your free downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And as always, investtalk.com. And be sure to rate and review. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. 
good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.